listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future, and you can find me at Astros Future on Twitter and find my work at astrosfuture.com. And I'm your co-host, Brian Hamilton, and you can find me on Twitter at bham1720. And be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo HOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today on the show, we're going to recap all the trades that the Astros made over the last few days and talk about the deadline in general, then look to the miners, do a little recap there. But we're joined this week by our buddy, Alex. You can find him on Twitter at LexThePlex. What's going on, Alex? Hey, guys. Uh, pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. Man, Thanks so, yeah, yeah, man, crazy, crazy trade deadline, not just for the Astros, but just in general. A lot of moves, a lot of big names getting shipped all over the, all over the country, really. And we, we saw with the Dodgers and the Giants, a lot of trades on the West Coast over there. But we'll talk about the Astros, obviously. So the first deal, me and Brian kind of talked about it already, but we'll, we'll get your thoughts as well, Alex. They sent Abraham Toro and Joe Smith for, to, to the uh, Mariners for Kendall Graveman. Rafael Montero, we've already seen Graveman pitch, Montero as well, and Toro, he's he's doing his thing with Seattle. But uh, what's your take on that on that trade, Alex? Uh, it's a phenomenal trade, I think. Um, I think I kind of echo a lot of the sentiments of the national media, and you and you and, and Brian also thought very similarly. It, it's it's much of a steal for it looks like a steal on the surface. Um, I understand the mindset of Seattle because they're they're. They're in it, but are they really in it? And Toro's around for a few more years. Graven's going to be a free agent. And it sounds like they weren't playing go to resign him. So I thought it was a sensational trade for the Astros. And we saw his debut. Um, if you if you looked at Graven's numbers and, and actually seen him pitch a few times this year, he's been sensational. Um, so, and his debut was fantastic. I mean, I, I don't know. There's not, I think Astros Twitter kind of, was in shock on Friday night the way he came in and just blew him away just because we were mm-hmm. so used to seeing uh, Stanek and another of the uh, relievers just, just melt down. Uh, he was just so good. So sensational trade. Uh, Toro, I miss, I'll miss him. Uh, he did some good things for us, and it looks like he was coming around. But we have a surplus of, of guys, Diaz, for instance, who can come in, and Bregman's coming back soon. So uh best wishes to him and joe smith also joe smith uh, i still remember him from the 2019 run he was sensational um for most of it and he really really it was a big difference for us so uh, but he just uh, was wasn't doing it well this year so happy with the trade i'm, I'm hoping they resign him i i think that's gonna be a priority in the offseason it looks like it's gonna be uh, one of the top storylines this offseason but for this season he's gonna be fantastic yeah, it was, it was a great deal. And, you know, like you said, Jimmy, you and I recapped it the day that it happened. But one thing I just wanted to add, because whenever we traded for him, that was really, I think, the, 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 the biggest move of the trade deadline across baseball up to that point, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. I can't remember any other big names. So we all thought like, oh, my God, what a steal. 
But, you know, in, in the coming days after that, you saw a lot of guys getting traded all over baseball that were in the last year of their contract, just like Kendall Graveman. And these other teams are giving up their top prospects. You know, um, I, I can't think, you know, right off the top of my head who it was that San Francisco gave up, but they didn't give up a package like we gave up to get Chris Bryant the way we did to get Kendall Graveman. I, I think Alex is right. Yeah. A steal of a trade. That's just amazing. I, was, I was just looking at that today. I was looking up who they, who they gave up. They gave up a pitcher actually out of Texas tech, but it's having like a, an insane season. He's walked like nine and like 90 innings or something. And then um, a good looking prospect down in single a too. So yeah, it's, it's the cool. overall value. I think Toro had value to us, but you know, ultimately, and I think he's still a good player, but like Brian mentioned about him being blocked with Diaz and Bregman and Altuve and he's blocked on the infield. We traded from a surplus. We're able to get a, uh, an elite reliever. And, you know, realistically, I think if the Mariners do think they're not going to make the playoffs, then it's a good trade for them to, to sell a reliever like that and get an average player back, a, a major league average player back. Yeah, I, I guys, I, I completely agree. And I just wanted to add, I, I was watching one of the MLB Network shows uh, during the deadline on Friday, and, and I forget who mentioned, one of the national writers said uh, that this was basically the second most impactful trade. Nobody talked about it because it was an insane Thursday night and Friday. But he mentioned it and he, that this was the second most impactful trade. Obviously, um, we have the Dodgers, and that's without saying that thing was amazing. Um, but us fixing our bullpen and completing our team, because that was the missing piece, mm -hmm. the bullpen. Offense is fantastic. Defense is great. Pitching, the starting pitching, a little rough this weekend, but all in all, the Giants are for real. So that they'll be fine. The bullpen was the issue. And he made a point. It's like, what other player got traded that will be, that will basically be as big of an impact to a team as Graveman to the Astros. Mm -hmm. There's not one other than, I mean, the Dodger one kind of, they put to the side because that's, that's amazing. But the White Sox getting Kimbrel was that, mm -hmm. that, that one was scary. This one though is right behind it because I think, us getting Graveman for the price we paid in our situation, understanding the tax as well, because that's, that was always a factor. Don't kid yourselves. That was always going to be a factor. They mm. didn't go over and they got an impact pitcher like Graveman. This is, this is a click. This will be the click move that we're going to remember for a while. Yeah. And like one more thing to add, and then we can, we can move on Jimmy, but the, uh, the one thing I just want to add on to there, Starling Marte is a free agent at the end of the year. Miami traded him to Oakland for Jesus Lazardo who is the number eight prospect entering the season in all of baseball, not Oakland's number eight prospect, but the number eight prospect in all of baseball. And he's a free agent at the end of the year. Take that and look at what we just traded away. Now I'm not trying to crap on Toro. We all liked Toro a lot. He did a very good job in Bregman's absence, but I mean, it's just a steal of a trade. I mean, even if, if Graveman walks at the end of the year, I'd still do this trade. It was just amazing. We needed to lock down the back end of the bullpen, just like Alex said. And it looks like we've done that. Yeah, and we we talked about it uh, when the trade happened. We we kind of, if there was no more moves, we felt like hey, that, that's a big move for our bullpen. We were probably going to be okay, but come to find out that wasn't it. The Astros made another trade. They traded uh, something me and you, Brian, have been talking about. It feels like for weeks about the, the depth that the Astros had at the outfield at the AAA, 4A level. You know, the guys that are ready to be in the majors but uh, don't have an uh, an opportunity. They sent Brian De La Cruz, who had a, was putting up a really good season, over to Miami for Yumi Garcia. He was their closer, 3.47 ERA, had 35 strikeouts in 36 innings. So you, you got one closer from the Mariners. You picked up another closer from the Marlins. And the only thing you shipped out, and I like De La Cruz, but the only thing you shipped out was 
an outfielder who was probably not going to have a spot here because there's other guys that I think are higher in the pecking order to get an opportunity. And we'll talk about that, you know, with the next trade, but overall, this one looks like a solid move too. Yeah. Yimi Garcia, um, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I've heard the name. I, I'd heard of him, but I wasn't very familiar with his work. But um, yeah, Brian De La Cruz, it's a guy that you and I, Jimmy, have been harping on as one of the handful of players that we thought could get moved in a deadline deal just because of just the excess amount of outfielders that we have at the upper parts of the minors. Um, loved this deal. Whenever they said it was Brian De La Cruz for Yimi Garcia, I just assumed there was one more coming or somebody else was going to be thrown in there. But I mean, hey, you know, good for De La Cruz. He's going to get an opportunity to at least try to, to, to see what he can do at the major league level and earn a spot for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. You know, one good thing I like for, for Toro and, you know, for De La Cruz is, look, they're going to be getting major league paychecks now, not minor league paychecks, because the teams that they both went to are teams that are going to use them, I think, for the rest of the season. So so good for them. But this was a great deal for the Astros. Like you said, we picked up two closers on the cheap. This was very, very good. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Garcia trade may be a little bit underrated because – I think when you see, you look at his analytics and I think he's a spin rate guy, uh, but his other stacks at exit velocity, uh, things like that aren't great. Um, I, I kind of went out and started looking at like, and, and I noticed on Twitter, a lot of the Marlin fans are very happy to see him go. And I'm like, oh, is this one of these yeah. guys who, who just like, you know, uh, his ERA is okay, but it's because he can't, he inherits a bunch of runners and they score on him and it, the, the hit goes to the other pitcher he came in for. Uh, I looked it up, and actually his stats are really good up until about July 3rd. Up until July 3rd, he, had, like, he has an ERA up to 261. His uh, uh, FIP is 3.64. He's left on base rate is like 76.6%, which is excellent. All those numbers are really good. It seemed like after July 3rd, um, and, and it could be the sticky stuff that, you know, uh, that, that issue – that his numbers have kind of been a little shaky. He's had some good starts. He had like a four run outing right after July 3rd that really blew up a little bit of the stats. But and he gave up the home run the first night yesterday, which is um, I like the outing actually. It's maybe trying to sugarcoat it, but I like the outing. The home run, it was on a decent pitch. Uh, Yas uh, just hit it. It was a great job by him to to get it out of, out of the ballpark. Uh, and the ball was flying yesterday. So I, I'm not going to create your guardians over that one outing, but he looked pretty good. His stats are pretty good. Let's see if that sticky stuff issue is going to be the reason or if he can get back to uh, to what he was doing before July 3rd with, with under Stromy. Um, yep. I'm pretty optimistic on this trade. I like this trade. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it, I talked about it, uh, I think, maybe when the trade actually happened. But and maybe we talked about it in our group text, but, uh, you know, they, they got Kendall Graveman, who's a closer who has experience in the ninth inning closing out games. They got Yumi Garcia, who was a closer for Miami, has experience closing out games. I know you're not bringing them here to be the closer, but them having the experience to me in the ninth inning and then in those uh, those situations to me is, is a good thing. You know, if Ryan Presley, we want to give him some time off because he has been pitching a lot. You have people like Garcia or Graveman who you can throw in there and uh, and kind of soak up that ninth inning. But we, the Astros made that move. They weren't done. They had one more move that I think really caught all of us off guard, and they sent out our starting center fielder, Miles Straw, and they got Phil Maton and then a prospect, Diaz, who was a catcher down in, uh, in low way. Actually looks like a pretty legitimate prospect. But with that, they said McCormick was going to get more time, and they went ahead and called up Jake Myers. But looking at the surface, I think a lot of people saw us trading our starting center fielder on a playoff team saying, what the heck are you doing? But 
Maton's got some some insane numbers. He had like 61 strikeouts in four, uh, 41 innings, a real low fifth. You know, DRA was a little higher, but one or two bad outings as a reliever will do that to you. And then to get a, a legit prospect out of it too is it it looks like a pretty good deal. And I, I like what James Click is doing right now. Yeah, let me add one quick thing on Yimi, and then I'm going to jump right into this Maton deal. But uh, with Yimi, Alex, you said earlier that you know you're hoping that we re-sign Kendall Graveman. I would I would love to re-sign Graveman. I do think he's probably. Uh, uh, going to get a lot of interest on the open market as they all will. I think Yimi Garcia is probably the most likely to get re-signed if we do intend to, to re-sign someone, uh, just because I think that he's one of those guys that's not necessarily a name yet, so you're not going to have, you know, that level of interest like like Graveman will get. But hey, man, I mean, like if I had to choose, obviously it would be Graveman. But you know, getting over to the to the straw for Maton and, and Yiner Diaz deal, this was my favorite one that we did. I, I love Kindle. I love the Kindle Graveman deal. I think that was the best value. But I like the Maton deal. He's under contract for, I believe, two more years. And like you were just saying, Jimmy, he's got amazing stats. Um, Yiner Diaz, to be able to get him basically as a throw-in, uh, a, a good hitting catcher, uh, mm-hmm. that's a good position to have to stock up on in the minors. And right. I mean, I know that we have Corey Lee, which you and I just, we love Corey Lee. But, you know, it's not like you just have one player and you never get anybody behind him. This was a great deal. Um, I was kind of surprised, though, after we traded for Straw that there wasn't another deal in the works. Like, I am perfectly okay with not giving up a ton of prospects for for one of those names, like you know Trevor Story. There was a supposedly a team that was looking at him as a center fielder mm-hmm. at the deadline, and then you know Chris Bryant, same thing. That would have cost a whole heck of a lot. But um, you know, either way, I, I really like this deal a lot. I think that Mayton's going to be a, a, a fixture in our bullpen for for a good amount of time. Ryan Presley's a free agent at the end of next year, so we could see a situation where. In the not too distant future, Phil Mate, uh, Phil Maton becomes our uh, closer. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Maton was a good deal, but I'll be honest with you: when they made that trade, I think kind of fell in a little trap that, that happened, especially around Twitter time. Because when the deadline was happening, we were seeing all these moves happen, and we were like all all excited about what was going on around the league. When the straw deal had through went down, I think we automatically assumed oh, this is a precursor because how can you trade your starting center fielder for in a reliever that month? I mean, his stats are strong. I mean, if actually I was looking at them after the trade, after May 23rd, he's got a 2.27 fifth, 3.07 ERA uh, left on base, which is a big stat for me. Percentage is 78.9, which is excellent. Over 14 Ks per nine innings. All those stats are just really impressive. So I, after that, I got, I understood the trade more, but at the time I'm like, I don't really know who Phil Mayton truly is. I don't think a lot of people did. And mm-hmm. so we, we are assuming Trevor Story. We thought, oh, it's Chris Bryan. Or I, I think it was a bit of a letdown. But then once we had time to process, we realized, unfortunately, it is just Miles Straw. Uh, he, he did a really great job. I'll be honest. And Jimmy, Brian, you, you guys can attest to this. I wasn't the biggest fan of giving him the job opening day. And even worse, after the first month, I thought, man, what are they doing? Um, and... He really proved me wrong. He did a tremendous job after after May, around May when he he really took off. He kept it going, and props to him. He did wonderful for us. And when the trade happened, I was a little shocked afterwards. It made more sense um, watching Mayton this weekend. He's been really good. I could see what they're looking at, and I'm really really optimistic about him and the prospect we got. I was a little surprised. Even Jim Callis on Twitter pointed out which if Jim Callis is pointing something out you know he he caught his eye so Mm -hmm. I'm very interested Mm -hmm. to see about this prospect a little old for low a ball but 
he's been hitting pretty much his old minor league career. So let's see what happens. Uh, Mayton's great. I agree with Brian. I think um, Garcia may, may be the most logical one to come back. Graveman should be a priority, though. But Garcia yeah. and Mayton may be, and Presley may be the back end of this bullpen down the road, along with whoever else they bring in. Um, but uh, but great trade. Love it. Yeah, and I think, you know, they, they shipped out Straw, and, and that, like I said, caught a lot of people off guard. But you got Chaz McCormick sitting on the bench who defense plays a role, and I, I think Straw's probably a better defender in center field than him. But Straw this, this year has got a 665 OPS. McCormick's sitting at a 762. Uh, but with that, when all that trade went down, the Astros also, the rumor came out, the Astros brought up Jake Myers. And that's somebody who we've been yeah. raving about week after week. And the guy – just went – I mean, he, he he's had a phenomenal season. I think he was hitting 343 with like 16, 17 home runs, 10 stolen bases, and just – man, just just a phenomenal season and doing it awesome defensively and really putting together the best year of his career to this point. And he looked like a guy who needed an opportunity, and I, maybe the Astros just uh, saw a, a chance to maybe sell high on Miles Straw, get back a reliever and a prospect, and then turn that position over, that center field position over to McCormick and Myers. Yeah, you know, Jimmy, what did we talk about? Was it two weeks ago whenever I had thrown out there? I go, you know, the Starling Marte rumors are interesting because we could always just flip them. Uh, Miles Straw, who's under contract for four or five more years right now, um, and then maybe throw in another position or another prospect or whatever. I didn't realize that the, right. the cost was going to be a Jesus Lazardo type for Starling Marte, but yeah. I was still kind of on that same track that we were looking at getting rid of Miles Straw, basically. I don't, I don't mean that in a rude way. But, I mean, I, I know you and I are both in agreement that Pedro Leon is going to be the starting center fielder for the Astros next year, barring injury. Um, but, you know, I you know I, I really like Jake, um, everything that you and I have uh, discussed about him up to this point. I, I hope he gets a decent amount of playing time down the stretch. Um, it, I mean, him and Chaz McCormick, I know the team said that they want to see how Chaz can do in an everyday role. Uh, that's, that's good. I just um, – I think Chaz is, is best suited in the role he currently has, which is a basically occasional spot starter, fourth outfielder type. I like him in that position. Uh, but hey, you know, maybe he'll surprise and, and just blow it away. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a deal that I really liked as well. Um, like we had said a couple of weeks ago, we both agreed that Pedro Leon was most likely going to be the starting center fielder next year. And if that was the case, what do you do with Miles Straw? Well, mm-hmm. I think it's like you just said, they sold high on him and we got a really good reliever and a prospect out of it. So very happy. Yeah, I, I, you know, guys, I'm, I'm a little high, I think I'm a little higher on Chaz than, than you, Brian. I, I think. I've seen enough of him to at least warrant this look. I, and the thing is, with Straw, he was very much an on-base guy. Obviously, he had no power. Um, right. So he did hit a whole. He did hit a, hit a home run today. But uh, I, he's not a power guy. He's an on-base guy. So we're going to lose that. But I think we're going to get some pop out of Chaz. I think, and it's weird because he's never really been a power guy in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can come up and hit ten home runs the way he has and be a mistake. I, I think there's something there. I think it'll, it'll – I'm not sure – I don't think he'll be a 30-home run guy. But I, I was talking to you guys, and I think I compared him a little bit to Will Oriano in Oakland. We had him. Oh, right? yeah. Moved him on. He could be something like that. Um, defensively, Loriano is much better. I get that. McCormick profiles more as a corner outfield. But offensively, I think we can get something like that. A little pop. He's not going to get on base as often as he'd like, but he's going to have pop. He's going to have a little bit of speed. He's going to make some plays. And I think – on this team, especially depending on what they do this offseason with Correa, um, I think you may be able to get away with that type of offense next year where a little bit more swing and miss from McCormick, but more pop. Could he hit 20, 25 home runs in a year? Maybe. 
we'll see down the rest of the way. He had a good game today. He, he's, he's shown me something recently. So mm-hmm. I, I'm more than happy to give him a shot. I'm more than happy to see if he does turn into something. Uh, if not, we, we know we'll have plenty of money this offseason to, to try to get a stopgap. Or is it Myers? Or like you guys have said, is it Leon out of spring training? I think the options are there for center field. So um, more than happy to give him a shot, though. Let, let's see. Let's see what he has. Yeah, and I think you, the 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 talk about Leon possibly being the center fielder next year, I think, is um, definitely a, a good chance to happen. I think the Astros maybe had some some plans to try to hit, uh, bring him up at some point this year. Potentially, you know, they moved him up to AAA pretty quick, and unfortunately, he got hurt. But Myers, yeah, Myers is a guy who deserves the opportunity, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. It's unfortunate we didn't really get to see him this weekend, but um, I think when we go back to the AL games and we have the the DH and Alvarez can be the DH and we can put another person in the outfield, we'll get to see what he can do. And at this point, it just kind of feels like, you know, like we talked about it, you can get the same kind of production that Straw was giving you through a McCormick or Myers, and you're able to turn Straw into another controllable reliever and prospect. Uh, It seemed like a, a pretty good trade and something that, something that maybe a smart, you know, heads up type GM would make rather than someone who would just sit around and do nothing. You know, James Click is probably always trying to make the team better. And I think he saw this as potentially making the team better right now, but also in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like you just said, Jimmy, I mean, you saw an opportunity to, to flip Miles Straw. We got a reliever, which fills a position of need as well as a good prospect in there. And again, not trying to be disrespectful to Miles Straw at all, but I mean, it's not like, I don't, I don't think losing Straw is going to be the difference in winning a World Series or not. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, like, I think like if, if you have a player, like we're not trading Carlos Correa right now, you know what I mean? Or, or, or somebody that's like impacting the game basically on an everyday basis or, or every time they start type of basis. So, I mean, I hope that he does really well in, uh, in Cleveland. Um, nothing against him at all, but uh, yeah, this was just a move that you make every single day. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the uh, I think the Astros ultimately got better, but that's going to lead me to what my next question is and, and for both of y'all. So were these moves enough? Did the Astros make enough moves? Did they add to the bullpen enough? I know there's some talk about trying to upgrade in the rotation or bring in a Scherzer, but what y'all's take, is this enough to, to get the Astros to the World Series? I think uh, I think the American League is very wide open. Um, I still think that the National League is going to be the Dodgers in the end. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I know the Padres made some moves, and then Tatis got hurt. Um, I'm not buying in anybody else in the National League. So, you know, the American League, we've got Boston, uh, Tampa, Chicago, and then us. I still think we're the best team overall. But um, you, you know, like, it, were these moves enough? I, I think James Click did enough. Absolutely, we got three new relievers in here that. I don't know that you can expect more than that for, for uh, a bullpen. Um, what we need is we need to have our starters go a little bit deep. You know, right now we're sitting in the uh, San Francisco series. We just dropped the third game. I don't think our starters went a total or combined. I think they went less than 14 innings combined. We have got to get our starters going deeper into games. Um, and if that happens, then the bullpen can get back to normal as well. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think that, that these are enough moves to, to get us to a world series. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I, I think, it's a couple of factors in play. I think one, the tax, it's legitimate. Again, mm-hmm. I know they said they weren't going to go, they were willing to go over it. I think we all realized it was going to take a massive trade for them to do it. And, and they didn't do it. And there wasn't one they could have done. The other, because the other part of it is prospects. I don't think we had the prospect package that we wanted to be, that we could have given up. We had the prospects. I think we, if you wanted to, you know, ship out Hunter Brown, if you wanted to move, Lee, if you wanted to move Leon, if you wanted to to look into those guys, I think we could have gotten a Scherzer, we could have gotten a, a Kimbrel, but I don't think they wanted to mess with that at this point. 
Um, that, those two factors, I think, Click did the best he could, and he fixed the issue. I think he fixed it. I think he did. The only part that we were really lacking is the bullpen, and he fixed it. Yep. I think the issue the Astros are going to have down the road, I think, is Garcia, for one, is I think he's tiring a little bit. I think the velocity's down. I think he's he's definitely got the stuff, but I think we're running into just him wearing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And two, I think, um, or or Kitty being hurt is, is kind of taking a toll a little bit on the on the uh, rotation. Granky's been a little off, so I I think it, that's going to be a problem. And I think the White Sox, like I brought up earlier, White Sox getting Kimbrel scared, but you know what out of me because that rotation and that bullpen is scary. Because you can go into a three-game series, a five-game series, sorry, having to face Rodon, uh, Giolito, and Lynn and do pretty good. And then they bring in the back end. They have uh, Tapera. They got, that's another great arm from the Cubs. They got mm-hmm. Kimbrell and then Hendricks, and that's scary. Because that you could lose two-to-one ball games like that and, and mm-hmm. lose the series. I think the White Sox are definitely our biggest threat. The Dodgers in the NL. I don't think anybody's stopping him. The Padres losing to Tatis this weekend, kind of uh, hopefully not for long, but if it is, it's they're done. Uh, Giants look very impressive this weekend after that Friday game. I think they're for real. They have a great approach at the plate. I don't know if they have enough pitching and getting them getting Chris Bryant will help, but I, I don't think they have enough. I don't think the Brewers, although the Brewers are surprisingly good, I don't think they or the Mets have enough. So I think the Dodgers. And I think it'll come down to the Astros or White Sox in the Yale. Um, But I think back to the question, original question is, did Click do enough? He absolutely did enough um, with what he had to work with. And that uh, that's all we can ask for as fans, Mm -hmm. you know, that he, he went out there and he did, he made some serious moves. He got very creative. That's what I was looking to see. Yeah, and I, I think, the, like what you mentioned, the bullpen was the big thing they needed to focus on, and they clearly did that, bringing in three relievers, too, that were closers for other teams and uh, that they've all had success this season. But the Astros had the prospects, I think, to make a mover, you know, a, a Scherzer if they wanted to. But, you know, I'm a, obviously I'm, I'm biased, but I, I prefer to hold on to the top guys. I don't, I didn't want to yeah. see them trade a Pedro Leon or a Corey Lee or a Hunter Brown or a Jeremy Pena. I know he's hurt. But, you know, to me, those are the guys you have to keep around to, to continue to build that uh, that success over an extended period of time. So you're a, you know, you're a playoff, uh, a world series caliber team for, you know, a decade rather than throwing all your marbles into to, for one season. So I'm really glad that he was able to, to make trades, hold on to those guys and not necessarily, I mean, you see what happened with the Cubs. You know, the Cubs made moves like that and they're, they just won a world series not long ago. They started their rebuild right around the same time the Astros and they, they just blew it up because they, they traded, you know, a Glaber Torres and they traded, uh, a bunch of guys to the White Sox and the Quintana deal. And uh, I think uh, hopefully James Click stays this way and he holds on to those top guys, trades from depth, but holds on to those top prospects so we can keep that steady flow of talent to the big league club. Yeah, Jimmy, I, I agree with you. Uh, and actually, to be honest with you, I disagree with you up until I think Thursday or Friday night. When I started, because I'm very much, and I think you guys are I think the opposite, um, <laughs> which makes our conversation so so entertaining and so good, <laughs> is that I I believe in that saying, I think MLB Network's kind of like gone overboard with it, but the parades over prospects, right? I, I, I'm very much go for it. If you have a chance to win a championship, you do what you have to do. And I was prepared to be a little upset if they didn't get a Scherzer, if they didn't get a, a Kimbrel or somebody like that or a Brian. Um, I was a little upset they weren't more in Marte, but it wasn't the end of the world, so I, I didn't go too much into it. 
But then Thursday, Friday night, when I started to see the prospects that were going back and forth, and it was, and it's mm-hmm. legit because that's a topic that MLB Network has talked about. Um, other national people on Twitter have mentioned the prospect packages were insane. Um, and so I realized, I think at that point, and, and I kind of talked to you guys about this as well. If you look at 2015, when the Astros first started, the champions, the, the World Series champions since then, the Royals have now rebuilt. The Cubs in 2016 are now going through a massive rebuild. 2017, that's us. 2018, the Red Sox, they went to a mini rebuild because remember, for a couple of years, they've struggled. This year, they're back, but I'm not sure how real they truly are, but they're at least competitive and to the point where they're, they're going to challenge. But they did a little mini reload rebuild. The Dodgers, the Dodgers, nobody expects them to ever rebuild because they have all that money. Well, the Nationals, too. And then the Nationals. So the Nationals have gone through a massive rebuild now. The Astros are – Astros, considering where they're at, they have done a tremendous job of keeping that window open. And they're going to be open for a while. It, it's, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to go nuts and say they're going to be – they're going to be 10 years straight contending. But they're still going to be around next year and the year after that, um, depending on what happens this offseason and the next. But they've done a great job of keeping their prospect flow going, even with all these trades. They don't have the strongest farm system, but they have some guys that have come up, Garcia, Javier, you know, who have immediately impacted this team. McCormick is now impacting this team. I, I really like what they've done. I, I can't complain, and I, I'm okay with them not, you know, mortgaging the rest of the farm system this year, um, especially the team with the team they have. They didn't need much, so they fixed what they had to get fixed. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one thing I just wanted to, to quickly say, um, you know, what you and I had talked about that uh, over the last week about what you were just saying about all those teams that have rebuilt. That's one thing that like Astros fans, we, we should be very thankful for, you know, Luno before, but, you know, click now. And most of all, Jim Crane, we re-signed uh, Jose Altuve. We re-signed Justin Verlander. We re-signed Alex Bregman. We re-signed uh, Ryan Presley. We signed and then re-signed Michael Brantley. We are not just, you know, letting everyone go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole because I'll be there forever. Alex knows it. That's just the mm-hmm. Uncle Drayton uh, philosophy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, that's not Jim Crane. He wants to stay competitive. Right. I know we all still want Carlos Correa. I'm still going to be delusional and say that there's a slimmer of a chance that we get him. But even if we don't, man, we're still re-signing a lot of these guys and keeping them. And, and, and you got to be thankful for that. Yeah, and I, we talked about the, the way you build a, a contender for a long time is yeah. you, you have prospects that come up and you hit and you, you obviously draft well, you scout well, you sign well and the Astros have done that. But without having the first and second round pick last year and this year, holding on to Lee and Leon might have been even a little bit more important this year because you weren't going to be able to replace them via the draft. And they've done well with the international signings. But, yeah, I think the way the Astros have, have, are building and the way they've continued, I mean, back in 2018 and, and 19, or not really 19, I guess more 18, people were clamoring to, to trade Kyle Tucker and yep. uh, Jordan Alvarez or whoever, you know, uh, for for pitchers or anybody that would probably be not on the team anymore, you know. And now those are those are two guys that we're definitely going to be building around for probably the next five to seven years. And uh, a lot of people want to trade those guys, so it's important to hold on to them. I understand the the Astros did it in seventeen; they traded prospects and they went out and got Justin Verlander, but they did it without trading the top guys. And uh, I think that's hopefully that's the way that James Click will continue to to run things as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know. You know how much I like Corey Lee, Pedro Leon. Um, these are guys that I think are going to be on our team next year. They're going to be on our squad for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even after that, we've still got a lot of guys. I mean, I know us three, like we, we follow the minors. 
Um, we, we've had, you know, Spencer was on recently. Um, we've had other guys on Jim Callis that have talked about it. You know, we don't have as bad of a farm system as people think. We just yeah. don't have those top shelf type of guys. But this year alone, Corey Lee has made himself a top shelf guy. Same yeah. thing with Hunter Brown and Pedro Leon. So, no, we have a very good farm system. I'm very happy with what happened. This year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Alex, I appreciate you, you hopping on and, and talking some trades with us. It's been a, a very fun season. It was a fun trade deadline. Um, maybe, you know, we enjoyed talking to you all the time, but appreciate you hopping on and, and discussing these moves with us. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks, guys. All right, that's going to do it for segment one. In the next segment, Brian and I are going to take a look around the minors, and we'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop us a review or leave us some stars. We'll get into the minors on this segment. We're going to bring in something new. We're going to do a hitter and a pitcher of the week. But hitter of the week, easy decision. J.C. Correa, today he went six for six. You'll hear this tomorrow when you listen to it. But he went six for six today. He's hitting 486 in high A, 332 overall. He's got 22 doubles. Just a phenomenal week for him so far. And, man, the guy got promoted to high A and – Sometimes you worry about a guy slowing down when he get promoted, but he didn't slow down at all, and he hasn't stayed the same, the same pace. The guy, is, he's just been on fire in the 10 games that he's been with the, the Asheville Taurus. Oh, yeah, just an absolute, uh, uh, you know, scorching hot start to his time with Asheville. It's, it's been good to see. He's abs- he, he definitely deserves the hitter of the week uh, honor there for, for everything that he's been doing. Um, you know, I know his big brother, Carlos, and, you know, he's, he's the younger brother, but we will definitely uh, be hearing more of him uh, throughout the rest of this year and into next year. Fun prospect. Definitely. And then for pitcher of the week, it's a guy we talked about a little bit, J.P. France. Uh, he pitched in one game for the Skeeters. Went four and two-thirds scoreless, struck out four. But he's got his AAA ERA down to a 2.64 now. He didn't walk any. And walks have been a little bit of an issue, but he started to bring that down a, a lot recently. So another good pitcher performance out of AAA. Uh, just, what the, just what the Astros need, just what the Skeeters need right now. Uh, just bringing those, those guys up to AAA and them continuing to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. That's another guy that we could see in our bullpen at some point next year. I mean, we saw this year with injuries and everything to the rotation and the bullpen. Um, you, you know, you never know, man. I mean, we've had to put starters in the, in the bullpen. But, uh, yep. but yeah, no, it, it's always good to see uh, good pitching at the high levels of the minors. That way, in case you need it, you can bring it up. And I know he's, um, you know, like I, I know that theoretically what you want to do is you want to build your bullpen from within. That way you're not out there throwing, you know, 80 million at a closer. Right. So. I, I like that that tended to be a, a lot of what Tampa did, and we have click over here now. I'm hoping that that continues over here. For sure. And, and keeping on the pitching side, we'll jump down to the Skeeters. They're 43 and, and 32 right now. Uh, but the big – well, there's been two big things this week. The one right now I'm going to talk about, Hunter Brown, the Astros' top pitching prospect, the guy we talk about a lot, top of the rotation stuff, mid to high 90s fastball, great curve slider. Uh, he got promoted to AAA. He's actually pitching right now. Uh, making his debut in AAA. But coming into this this start, he had 76 strikeouts in 49 innings. And uh, we've talked about it. He was a, a fifth-round pick, I believe. And and he's just flown up the boards. And and him and Leon and Lee and Pena, they all probably need to be in a top 100. And once again, we've said it, those rankings don't really matter. But at the end of the day, it'd be nice to see them get the recognition. But Hunter Brown is looking like a very legitimate top-of-the-rotation kind of pitching prospect. Yeah, and I know you won't say it, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, you had that news before anybody on Twitter that he was getting promoted up to AAA, so good job there. But, Appreciate yeah, man, absolutely. Hunter Brown, he's he, he's somebody that going into the season, like I was saying earlier um, about uh, one of the pitchers that we acquired in the, in the trade deadline, I knew who Hunter Brown was, but I wasn't too familiar with him. But, man, you know, him, 
Pedro Leon and, 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 you know, Corey Lee. It, it was just really, really nice to see these guys separate themselves from the pack, so to speak, this year. We got two good hitters and then one really good pitcher. They are going to be, I think, I think the first two will definitely be on uh, top, or all three of those will definitely be on top 100 lists. I'm not sure about Pena since he missed the whole year, but he yeah. should be uh, given once he's healthy. But yeah, man, really, really excited about Hunter Brown. So talking on the the top guys on Pedro Leone, there we did get some unfortunate news this week. He fractured his pinky finger sliding into into a base after a stolen base. Uh, ended up he's going to be out six weeks. So there's a little bit of time for him to maybe come back. I, I don't. I mean, unless the the rehab part of it goes really fast, I can't really imagine the Astros rushing back for you know one week of games. But overall, we got to see what he was capable of doing. He's got an OPS right at about 800, and it, it took him a while to get going in Double A. Once he did, he, he took off and he started crushing the ball. And he's a guy that I think uh, was was very close. I've heard was very close to be to getting a call up this year potentially, and and maybe even taking that center field spot uh, with the idea of, of trading Straw. But just he put up a good season. Unfortunately, he got hurt. But that's a guy that I think the Astros can look at as a, a building block. You know, hopefully, maybe next year and, and moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm really, really excited about Pedro Leone. Uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate that he did get injured. He, he could have possibly been called up this year. You know, like you were saying, and uh, I still firmly believe he will be our starting center fielder next year uh, when opening day uh, comes around. He's a very exciting type of player, um, and I just can't wait to see him at the big league level. He, he's – I mean, I know he had that rocky start to the, to the minor league season this year, but, mm-hmm. man, he's been lighting it on fire ever since. It's been it's been really fun. And another guy down in, in AAA that is looking like a guy who could probably help the bullpen, it, if not this year, it, it, probably next year for sure, Sean Dubin. He, he's got – Nasty stuff. The guy's like 6'1", 170, but he's throwing like 98. He's got a really, really good slider, sharp slider. And I actually went to a Skeeters game this past week, and I talked to him, had an opportunity to talk with, with Sean Dubin. And one thing you'll find out when I do the interview and put it out there, but I thought it was pretty interesting, is he actually started his collegiate career trying to play soccer. He went to a junior college, tried to play soccer, and it didn't work out. Took like a year off, worked at Lowe's, ended up going to another college and, and eventually transferring to another JUCO where he ended up – or in a NAIA school where he ended up getting uh, getting drafted and obviously has made, worked his way through the minors. And now the guy's in AAA throwing 98 with a six slider. And I asked him too um, if he thought in a one inning, you know, what what could he be throwing, you know, velocity-wise. And he said he thinks he might be able to hit triple dig- uh, digits if he was putting it all into one inning. So to have a guy like that down in – down in AAA, a guy that's got nasty stuff like that. It's just another guy we can look at potentially helping this bullpen next year. Yeah, and, you know, that story, that, that's pretty impressive, uh, pretty inspiring also. And, you know, one thing, it wasn't exactly the same because I know there were different circumstances, but as you were talking about it, it kind of reminded me of Evan Gaddis' story back to baseball, you yeah. know? So it, it's always cool to see some, some stories like that where, you know, you may think it's over, but then you just try one last time and you hit the lottery. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for him. You know, you turned me on to him about a month ago telling me about him and, yeah, man, this is, I mean, big old dude. And throwing 98 the, with the ability to possibly hit triple digits, that absolutely, you just got to harness it. You don't want to be Kyle Farnsworth yep. hitting every other batter. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on some some uh, unfortunate news, the uh, Astros did move Tyler Ivy, uh, Ivy to the 60-day DL. So it looks like he's probably going to be out for the remainder of the season. So don't really know what to make of it yet. There hasn't been a lot of information on what's going on with him. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see on that. And then – on uh, another prospect-related note, a guy who used to be a top prospect, uh, had a lot of issues, Francis Martez. He's walked 20 and 11 and two-thirds innings, man. And it just – you know, we talked about it with Jay Cla- uh, Kaplan when he first came back, and we – there are zero expectations, but you just kind of had that little bit of hope that maybe he still had his stuff and some good stuff and he could be a, a decent reliever. And right now it's just not even looking like that's going to be in the cards for him. 
Yeah, it's, it's just really unfortunate. He was on the uh, club whenever we won the World Series, and, you know, all kinds of crap has happened to him since then. But, um, you know, I don't know, like maybe a full off season. I, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. it, just, it sucks because he was once, you know, we got him in the Jared Cozart deal, remember? And I know a lot of people were really excited for him. So, um, I mean, myself included, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can turn his career around. Um, but, you know, it, it just may not, unfortunately may not be with the Astros. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and jump down to uh, double to A. The hooks are 34 and 43. They've suffered the promotions just like the rest of the system. We started to see a lot of movement. So no Pedro Leon there, no Hunter Brown. Uh, Corey Lee's still down there. He's, he's slowed down a little bit, still has an OPS next to or close to 900. And he's not striking out. And that's something that we've, we've both talked about quite a bit is, you know, he's, he's hitting for the power, but he's, he's managing the strike zone. He's drawing some walks. He's not striking out. And I think that's big from a guy who, who's going to be a, a power hitter. But a thing to keep in mind, too, he's got a, a 267 batting average on balls in play at double A right now. So he's been extremely unlucky. He's got a 9% uh, walk rate, 11% strikeout rate. Those are really good numbers. The, the batting average on balls in play is low. And so hopefully no one overreacts and says, oh, crap, Corey Lee's only hitting 277 now. Uh, I think there's there's obviously other stuff going on, and he's still he's still hitting the ball. It's just he's, he's been kind of unlucky over the last couple of weeks. But uh, still overall, really good season for our top catching prospect. Oh, yeah, not just top catching prospect, but arguably our top prospect overall. I mean, right. It's just, you know, you, you can't continue to scorch it the entire season. That would be amazing if you, if you could, but, you know, Unfortunately, you know, everyone goes through these ups and downs. And like you said, he may be a little bit unlucky, just like Kyle Tucker was for the first month and a half, two months of the season. But yeah. no, Corey Lee, I mean, it's like you said, he's putting the ball in play. He's hitting a lot and he's not striking out. That's extremely uh, impressive. We're really, really excited for him. Uh, fairly certain he finishes the year in double A, most likely begins in triple A next year. So, you know, continues with this pace. We could see him at the big league club next year. Yeah, for sure. And and another guy we'll talk about down there that's had a phenomenal season, Joe Perez. And he got he, he got bumped up to double A. So he's he's already at a level that's pretty insane for a guy who started down at low A and is 21 years old. He struggled a, a little bit starting out, but he's been uh, hitting the ball a lot better. He's he's up or he's hit 298 over his last 11 games. A little bit of adjustment period there, but even despite what he does the rest of the season, this is definitely a successful season for a 21-year-old who's finally healthy and showed what he could do at the lower minor league levels um, and still hold his own a little bit. We talked about he said 298 over his last 11 games. He's Hopefully he'll put it together, finish the season strong, but either way, awesome season so far for, for Joe Perez. Yep, he's another one that, you know, I completely forgot to mention earlier, but another guy that has just really uh, made his mark on, on the minor league, uh, on minor league baseball this year, a guy that had – multiple injuries and just uh, unfortunate situations that happened ever since he was our second round draft pick a few years back, but he has had one hell of a good season, man. Uh, started out, uh, what, what did he say? Like low A, he's already at the double A now. Yep. He's just been playing really, really well. Um, it, it, it's really, it, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see a lot of these prospects, man, but, but Joe Perez is one of my absolute favorites. Um, I love that power bat at the hot corner. He, he's going to be an exciting prospect. For sure. Uh, a guy that, we got uh, for the JD uh, JD Davis trade a while back. Ross Adolph, a guy who, I, I, looking at his numbers, I was really excited. I thought he was going to be able to come in and be a legitimate prospect, and he struggled. But he's he's actually got his OPS up to 782 this season, which is pretty impressive considering how bad he, he started the season. But he's another guy that's going to be interesting to watch as he continues to 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 hit well. And he's he's I think at one point over his last five or six games, he was hitting like 600. So the guy just kind of caught fire a little bit. But another guy that's starting to put it together. And we'll jump down to the, the pitching side of the, the hooks. We got Jonathan Bermudez. We've consistently talked about him. 
Uh, I hope he gets an opportunity in AAA this year. He, his ERA is at 3.55, but the guy struck out 92 and 66 innings, isn't walking anybody. And I really want to see what he could do against the, you know, the best competition of the minors because he's a guy talking about helping in the, the bullpen, but maybe even in the rotation. We've seen how the Astros have needed more starters. And then there's going to be potential holes in the rotation next year as well. So he's a guy who hopefully will, will get an opportunity, but really good season for him. Yeah, you know, the more we talk about our pitching and, and our pitching depth in the minor, in our minor league system, and, you know, specifically Jonathan Bermudez with those 92 strikeouts and just 66 innings, the more I just keep back to thinking about what Jim Callis told us at the beginning of the season where, you know, we still have a lot of good young arms down there. We just don't have, like, those top, of the, of the rotation types. We don't have any Verlanders down there, but that's okay because look at our club at the major league level with guys that we've been turning out, the Garcias, the Frambers, you know, um, you know, pitchers like that. I mean, it, it, they're still good quality pitchers. Bermudez, like you said, he could end up in the, uh, the bullpen at the major league level or even as a starter, man. But, you know, we say it every week. Our uh, organization does a very good job of drafting, signing, and then developing pitching. It's just amazing. Yeah, definitely. And another guy we've talked about a little bit, but Nick Hernandez, man, he, guy struggled with some injuries, but he's putting together a really good season in relief down in double A, 1.87 ERA, 49 strikeouts in 33 innings. And and you said it, the, the Astros just continue to develop pitching um, and they've done a really good job of, of finding guys out of nowhere. And it seems like every year, I mean, I don't think either one of us really expected a lot of Jonathan Bermudez this year, and he's been one of the best pitchers in the Astros system this year. So just just great to to know that we have uh, good scouts and we got good uh, uh, coaches that are, are very good at developing pitchers. Yep, absolutely. Nick Hernandez, just another one like you were just saying. And, you know, a, a lot of people will say like, well, why is it that we have such good pitching, but none of them are ranked in the prospect list? Well, we're just one team out of 30 in Major League Baseball. You know, everybody can't get ranked, but just because you're not ranked doesn't mean you're not going to be able to contribute right. and be an impact player at the next level. We just have so much pitching down the pitching and then outfield. That yep. seems to be our two biggest uh, strength areas down in the minors. And, um, hey, you know, I mean, like, like as we saw this year, um, you never know who could get traded whenever you need them. Uh, yep. but, but, you know, you can't make trades if you don't have anybody on the farm contributing. So yeah. don't let prospect rankings fool you into <laughs> exactly. thinking that we have such a bad farm system. We have a very good – we don't have a – we have a, we have a very um, – a very good farm system, uh, you know, not, not like what we used to have when the Correas and yeah. Springers were down there, but it's still not crappy and it's above average for sure. Yeah. And speaking of, of outfield, we'll jump down to high A guy that's still been crushing down there and hopefully we'll get an opportunity to double A at some point. Matthew Barefoot, we've talked about him a lot. Yes. He's made adjustments and uh, the guy's got 16 homers, 17 stolen bases, hits for power, plays solid defense in the outfield, and just another good outfield prospect in the system that has uh, really had a really, really good season. Yeah, I mean, I need him to make it to the major league level because who doesn't want a jersey that says barefoot on the back? You know what I mean? So, uh, but no, man, I mean, in all seriousness, that's the kind of player that you and I have always been very, very high on. You know, he's got power, he's got speed. Uh, another outfielder, like I, like I was just saying in, in our system, um, he's one of our top guys, at least mine and yours, that, that we love to look at those box scores and, and possibly check game clips for him every week. He's one of those guys that we always look at. Big Matthew Barefoot fan. Yep. And and real quick, I just uh, noticed, actually, Nick Hernandez did get promoted to AAA today. So we'll get to see what he does in, in AAA. Oh, nice. does a, another good pitcher going up to the Skeeters. But, yeah, back down in high A, uh, we talked about it, the player of the week, J.C. Correa. And and we've mentioned him a, a, quite a while over the last uh, probably four or five episodes. And the guy's just been crushing the ball, you know. And everyone knows him because he's Carlos Correa's younger brother. But he's uh, clearly a, a solid prospect. He's 22 years old. He's up in high A now. He's played pretty solid defense. But, man, he's, he's crushing with the bat. And if you can hit – 
if you can hit, it doesn't matter where you play. It doesn't matter how old you have. If you can hit the ball, you're going to find a place in it. And right now, he's doing exactly what you'd love to see from a guy that's got a promotion. Just go to high A, crush the ball, like I said, hitting 332 overall and, and really making a name for himself. Yep. Part of that trickle-down effect, like we've been talking about all season, whenever one guy gets promoted, there's going to be a trickle-down effect. Everybody has to have a position to uh, to fill at, at each level. And then he did that, and he's been he's been playing well, man. I mean, like, that's what you want to see. You want to see these guys take that opportunity and just seize it and just go on, you know? Yeah, definitely. And another pitcher down in uh, down in high A we've talked about and uh, really excited to see how he finished the season. Jaime Melendez got a 3.13 ERA right now in high A. And uh, he's sit, sitting about 92, 94 at the fastball, 19 years old. He's a smaller guy, but he's 5'8", listed at like 5'8", 190, I believe. But the way he pitches, the angle that he brings, it's he's uh, he's a de- deceptive of what he throws. I mean, he's obviously got pretty good stuff too. It's not like he's throwing ninety and he's deceptive. He can run up to ninety four. But nineteen year old in high A, I definitely think he's a guy that that Astros fans really need to start paying attention to. Yes, I, I agree. He's only nineteen years old. He's only going to get better. Um, he's still young enough to where he he hasn't developed any type of bad habits. He can't be out uh, coached out of them. Not saying that he has any. But uh, you just know how our system is and our organization is with developing pitching. And Man, 19 years old with those kind of numbers and those stats, that's impressive, dude, especially at high A. Yeah, definitely. And well, one other guy I want to mention down in high A right now, and uh, big signing a, a, a while back, and it feels like it's taken him forever to finally get going. But Bruitis uh, Nova, the Astros signed him for, I think it was like $1.5 million a while back. But he started the season. Started the season. First few games were great. Got hurt. Really struggled. But over his last twenty-three games, he's hitting two ninety-one. He's still striking out quite a bit. Uh, but he's starting to put some stuff together. So hopefully, he'll will continue to see that rise. And uh, those middle infielders are going to be important. I was going to save it for the end, but we'll just talk about it now. They failed to sign Alex Uloa, and and we don't really know exactly what happened yet. Obviously, there was a verbal agreement in place. Uh, potentially maybe he he wanted more money than what the Astros are willing to give him after this verbal agreement because you know the Astros based their draft based on these these agreements that are kind of in place. And I think they thought that they had this verbal agreement. They were going to sign it for this much money. And if he decides to ask for more, the Astros really can't give him more. There, there's the slot bonuses. And unfortunately, they weren't able to sign him. So having a guy like Nova, middle infield prospect, uh, actually start hitting and, and making a name for himself would be big now that we're not going to have Uloa in the system. Yeah, the Uloa news was, was pretty uh, was pretty depressing. I mean, like we, whenever we did our, our – uh... Uh, draft recap with Spencer, um, we had mentioned, you know, he, we already have an agreement in place with him, though terms were not disclosed. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to see. It, it'll be pretty interesting to see what happens there. I don't want to, you know, blow a head gasket over it yet because we don't know exactly what happened. But, man, right. that's not a good look. And I know you and I were texting about it earlier. We already didn't have our first two picks. Yep. Um, you signed your third-round pick, and then you don't sign your fourth-round pick. Not a good look. But yep. uh, I hate to say it this way, but hopefully it was something that was just out of the Astros' hands. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, if, if that was Uloa's decision to go play college baseball, you know, and, and that's something he wanted to do, then, then great. It's just unfortunate, like you mentioned, not having those first two picks, then we don't even sign the fourth one. But overall, I still think they got a, a, a nice haul. So uh, we'll go down to the, yeah. yeah, we'll go down to the Woodpeckers now. First game for Yiner Diaz, the one we picked up in the Miles Straw trade yesterday. He goes two for four with a double two RBIs. Uh, I think today he he had a hit in his first at bat, and then the game ended up getting uh, rained out and suspended. So um, we'll see what he does. But man, his offensive numbers looks great. Uh, I think he still has some work behind the plate. But if you can if he can keep hitting, you know, it, you can potentially find a spot on. MB. If you hit, you're going to find a spot on a roster somewhere. And hopefully, you know, the Astros are, are good at developing. Uh, players in general and they've made a lot of changes with uh, even like the way Corey Lee receives the ball and everything so we'll see what they do with him but he looks like some somebody that uh, definitely is going to be worth watching and is not just a throw-in at the end of the deal he's a legitimate prospect 
Right. Absolutely. I mean, uh, at one point, Fernando Tatis was a throw-in in a deal or, or, or an extra in a deal whenever Cleveland traded him to San Diego. What was it for Brad Hand? Now, I'm not saying that Diaz is going to be that same thing, but still, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like the fact that we have Corey Lee, who's almost ready for the majors. He'll be up pretty soon. Assuming he works out, we'll have Diaz not far behind him. That's right. a good problem to have, man. Two good hitting ca- catchers. Um, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself because, like I said, he's at low A, right, years away from the majors. But still, you know, I mean, it's just – you never know, and, and we, we've harped on this all year. Good all-around catchers are very, very rare. You know, you got Buster Posey in Major League Baseball uh, at the Major League Baseball level. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's others, but, you know, it's just not a prevalent type of thing to have, man. So it, yep. it's really good to see that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, guy I want to talk about, I, th- I believe he was an undrafted free agent last year, the Astros signed Kyle Grueler. He went to Houston Baptist. Um, good strikeout numbers in college, but so far this year he's pitched in three games for uh, Fayetteville. He's 23 years old, but he fished, he's pitched in three games. He struck out 18 and in 11 innings. So hopefully he'll get an opportunity to move up to high A and uh, start facing some more tough competition because what he's seeing right now is not even much competition for him. So uh, once again, another good unheralded guy that's having a good uh, minor league performance. But on the pitching side too, Alex Santos, our second round pick last year out of high school. He's pitching for Fayetteville. He's got 26 strikeouts in 24 innings. He is walking some guys, but overall, it, the, the games are just, uh, they're up and down. He'll have one game where he looks great, one game where he walks a little too many, uh, which you expect to see out of a 19 year old. But overall, the fact that he's there and pitching and having some success and not getting not getting hit around, he, he doesn't have a five, six, seven ERA and giving up a bunch of hits. If anything, it's some self induced issues when it's some of the walks, but overall, just nice to see him having some success as at 19 years old in, uh, in low A. Absolutely. And he showed, he, to me, he's showing that he's coachable. I mean, he's, he's able to make those types of changes and everything like that, that he needs to do uh, in order to be successful. Like you said, he has one good game. He has another one. that's not so good, but he's still young, man. He's, he's really young, 19 years old, uh, drafted out of high school. This will be, this will be a player that we'll be talking about in the years to come. Um, not really too concerned with him at this point on any of those bad types of numbers, but no, he's been doing really well. I, I like it. I like the player. The Astros have pretty much, they've signed all the players they are going to sign. They also signed uh, Hector Nieves and, and going back to the draft, he was the 19th round pick, but they had to pay more to, to get him to sign, but another young shortstop out of high school out of Puerto Rico. So we'll see what he can do, but going to the draft, they, they got, like I said, 17 of those 19 picks. They haven't assigned any of them yet, so they're going to be coming soon, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with them. Do, do they does Tyler Whitaker stay in, in Florida to maybe play for the Florida Complex League? I think he will, but then you know a Chase McDermott, uh, Quincy Hamilton, a Spencer Arigetti. What are they going to do with those guys? The guys who are maybe some of these college seniors, even a fifth year senior, like I think Quincy Hamilton is. Where are they going to put them? And and those assignments should be coming up soon and we talked about it but that's gonna that's gonna add a nice influx of talent into those lower levels that have kind of been kind of been handpicked quite a bit for a lot of these promotions so uh hopefully they'll start playing a little bit better baseball and we'll get to get some some eyes on some of these draft picks yeah absolutely it's, it's definitely gonna be exciting to see where some of these uh uh pro- the the new draft prospects are gonna get assigned to and even more yeah. so i'm getting way ahead of myself but even more so to see where they're gonna start next season Right. It's really exciting. And like, like we, like you've been saying from the very first episode we have, it's a little bit of my league baseball back. Yep. And um, you know, I know you and I are big fans of that and just, just really exciting to see this stuff every, every day and every week. For sure. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. 
As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros in the minor league system.